Hello and welcome to Triforce Trends, the podcast where I talk about all things Zelda. If you enjoy the content, please support me by subscribing to the show on whichever app you're listening on. And please don't forget to check out the YouTube channel by searching Triforce Trends. Hello Trenders! Today I wanted to try something very different to the usual content. I think we're getting very close to finally seeing our next snippets of Breath of the Wild 2. With that said, dungeons were some of the largest aspects of Breath of the Wild that were criticised by people who had played previous Zelda games before it. Myself included, really. Though I can also see the strengths of the Divine Beasts, just like many other people. Over the last couple of years, I've done many videos pondering dungeon locations, themes, layouts, and more. But today, I thought I'd flesh out three potential dungeon ideas for Breath of the Wild 2. This means I'll state where they would be, their themes, the types of enemies in them, bosses and potential items that could be in the dungeons. Before the video starts though, this is just for fun and none of this really takes too much out of the trailers or anything like that, meaning that probably none of this will probably end up coming to fruition, but that won't stop me from trying. So before getting into Dungeon 1 and this potential new series, please subscribe if you love Zelda like me and others watching this video. Any sub is greatly appreciated as we've just passed the big 3000 subscriber mark. Thank you all so much for that and if you've done that then let's go. Number 1. Kakiri Lockup The Kakiri have always been one of the most fascinating races throughout the entirety of the Zelda timeline to me. In Ocarina of Time, they were human-like creatures, though by the time Wind Waker rolls around many years after the events of Ocarina of Time, their forms changed into almost plant-like creatures. Since the Kakiri are technically Koroks in Breath of the Wild, I'll refer to them by that name for the rest of the section of this video. But it's always felt like this race have been one of the more innocent. They don't seem to have much going on on the surface level, and I really don't think there is that much going on with them without getting into really dark speculative theory territory. Saying this, I would love for the Koroks to undergo a darker turn in the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Having these cute little plants have a dark secret would be really interesting lore-wise to me. Now without making up my own entire storyline for Breath of the Wild 2, I think it's pretty difficult to come up with a turn that would make the Koroks seem quite frightening. But for the sake of the video, let's say that one Korok turned evil. Instead of using their abilities for the sake of hide and seek games rewarding you with literal crap, they use their abilities to try and change nature, to twist the world around them, to distort the world. Knowing that the natural order of Hyrule would punish the race of Koroks for this, the Deku Tree banished this lone Korok. For the sake of continuity, maybe this Korok could be called Mido, Mido, or something. With his roots, the Deku Tree carves out a dungeon for any wrongdoing Koroks and strips them of their plant nature, turning them back from a Korok into a Kakiri, thus birthing the name Kakiri Lockup. I know this is my own idea, but this amount of lore being in the dungeon would be genuinely exciting, knowing that you face another human down there, likely one who can still use magic too. Naturally, this dungeon would be forest-themed, as most of the dungeons in Zelda games tend to be when you first open up the game. Though while other dungeons in the same nature have been quite lonely in theme, you'd always know that somebody is down there waiting to escape, waiting to get out, and to wreak havoc on Hyrule. This would give the dungeon a tinge of dark, which would suit the dungeon since I could imagine the lockup having many bug-themed enemies like Scootlers or other wildlife that have turned on Link. The boss fight would be reminiscent of the Monk Maskosha fight, except you could be encapsulated in the roots of the Great Deku Tree. Naturally, somewhere in the middle of the dungeon, Link would have to face off against a new kind of Goma, maybe the same sort of design as in Ocarina of Time, or maybe Twilight Princess? Either way, it would work pretty well. If we're gaining items in the next game like we have in most of the past Zelda games, then I can imagine this being the area that we attained that fire-breathing weapon from the trailers. 
allowing Link to go back through the dungeon so far and open up areas that were blocked previously by thick vines placed by the banished Korok. The lockup itself could probably be entered to the side of the Great Deku Tree. I think this concept is really damn cool and I really hope there's a dungeon like this in the next game at least. Number 2. Akala Citadel Ruins as this series more than likely continues, I'll probably start adding less and less dark dungeons in favour of dungeons that have a set theme. Similarly, I'll probably put one that everyone wants in the next game in each video. For this the first episode of this little mini-series, I think it's fair that I start off with a dungeon that I've talked about fairly frequently in past videos and that we've technically seen through Age of Calamity now. Because we've seen the inside of the Citadel, it'll be quite hard to make a dungeon out of it, at least a full dungeon anyway, but here's my half solution. Have the dungeon be an open area rather than a real linear area. Basically let it be like Hyrule Castle from the first game. You can run in, there's some cool loot there and a boss at the very end, but you can run through like pretty much the entire thing and there are very few actual scripted fights. To those people that loved Hyrule Castle this would also solve their problem with past temples as not every place in the game would be linear, crafting a really nice middle ground between linear and open-ended dungeons. Of course this place would have to be pretty dire. A lot of dead creatures and supposedly malice in here. It would be safe to assume that if the Yiga show up with any sort of prevalent role in the next game then this would be the area that we could see them. It was told there was a big push at Akala Citadel through diaries, books and the like spread throughout the world of the original Breath of the Wild. But now that we've seen this battle take place, we know that 100 years ago a lot of Yiga would have lost their lives for their cause. If Master Koga or another Yiga leader takes up the mantle again in the next game, we could see them brought to life and reanimated. This would mean that Link would have many enemies to clear out within the Citadel if he even insisted on pushing all the way through the dungeon in the first place. Inside of Breath of the Wild's Hyrule Castle there were many diaries that gave context to the fight that occurred 100 years ago at the castle. It'd be great if we could gather some more lore on the Citadel itself and its previous uses through history books that are torn up within the building. I love searching around for lore and I think Breath of the Wild did that amazingly in Hyrule Castle, so I'd love to see similar systems in place once again. Since the Citadel is quite vertically demanding, it would be very cool to see the return of the Hookshot, since I'm guessing we won't have Rivali's gear in the next game. This would make it easier to ascend levels and to clear any gaps of malice or holes that lead back down to the bottom floor. It'd also be a great item to find in an open dungeon like this so that it just enhances your abilities outside of the dungeon rather than just inside the dungeons like previous Zelda games. Finally, I can imagine the boss of this dungeon being whichever Yigra is at the top of their game, if they return. I have Sugra in my notes here, but that wouldn't make much sense, so maybe resurrected Koga sent on a mission by a recently woken Ganondorf, bending that formerly light-hearted leader into something much scarier and much more in line with someone who was essentially threatening Dorian and had people kill his wife. Number 3. The Isles of Wind the final dungeon concept I'll be discussing in this pilot episode for one of my few series I've ever done is one set in the sky. I thought I'd spice it up and not just do three dungeons from the land below the sky, as I'm sure many of you have a billion ideas when it comes to the Sky Islands, and what the Zelda team could do with such an area, especially since we kinda saw a dungeon set in the sky in Skyward Sword, and we saw an entire dungeon set in the sky in Twilight Princess through the city in the sky. Honestly, the idea of a city in the sky all over again seems great, but I also don't want a complete rehash of a dungeon that's been done before, even though that's technically a lot of Zelda dungeons, but my point is that I'd like the team to stray away from copying another 3D game in the series. Instead, take a quick glance at a sky-themed dungeon from a 2D game, take a look at Minish Cap's Palace of Winds, one of the best temples in the game in my opinion. I love the design, the presentation, it all just appeals to me, plus Link got to jump over a load of perilous areas, and I really like that in my games. Okay, now let's take a look over at the Shrine Boshkala, the wind guides you. 
It's one of the first shrines I ever face after jumping off the plateau, and it uses wind and the newly acquired glider expertly. Mix the new wind and gliding mechanics with the layout of the Palace of the Winds, call it a more linear dungeon, and there you have an amazingly designed set of islands. Which is why my mock-up name for this area is the Isles of Wind. Rather than traversing one area, you could fly from island to island using fans or other areas. This would also appease my hunger for scary jumps in the next game. The general vibe of the area would depend, but I think it would be fairly peaceful compared to the other two concepts presented in this video thus far. Rather than an orchestra, maybe a piano and a choir would be better suited to this section of the game. Item-wise, I guess that we could get more efficient or overall better gliders for the hero to reach areas that are further away, since I can't imagine we can just zoom to anywhere in the Skylands at any time in the sequel. I imagine most of the enemies in this temple to be much like the Igor-looking enemy that we've seen in the game thus far. Powered by this new sort of energy that seems to maybe be a focus in the next game, though when it comes to the actual boss itself, I would much rather it be a non-energy powered villain. Think something more along the lines of the Helmarok King or the Evil Eagle from Link's Awakening. Rather than killing Link with their claws, maybe this bird could be trying to knock Link off the edge. To combat this, the player could parry the bird and deal damage that way, making sure that Link is using all of his combat abilities he's acquired thus far. I love coming up with these concepts, so I asked people on my Twitter what sorts of concepts for dungeons they'd love to see in the next game. Here are a couple of the replies. To have the chance to be featured in the next video like this, then please do go and follow my Twitter, look down in the description for that, and look out for my weekly question. Some great ideas here though. Thank you so much for watching this video. If you enjoyed then please do support me by leaving a like rating and subscribing, as we wait for more Breath of the Wild 2 news. It also shows me that you liked the start of the series, so I'll continue making videos in this vein monthly. I stream when I can at the minute, so along with being a part of the 15% of people who are subscribed, you'll also get even more content, so thank you a ton if you do. People you can see on screen right now are my Patreon supporters. Thank you all so so much for the support guys, Sumji and Jarweedon are especially amazing for being my top paying patrons, and just look at their Triforce coloured names and that Triforce font. Thank you so much for the support. If you'd like to join them then you can do for as little as £1 or $1.50 a month, the link to my Patreon is in the description, and along with that link is the link to the rest of my media platforms, so follow me on them to keep in touch with me. Again, thank you so much for watching this video, I hope you enjoyed, and I'll see you this week for a stream if you have your notifications on and would like to watch, otherwise I'll see you on Sunday. But for now trenders, I'll see you all next week, please do stay safe.